we started a few Sundays ago on Jeremiah and then uh, had talked this morning about Jeremiah and responding to the last days and responding to the pressure and the intensity of what was going on. And I, I know it's hard for me. Uh, Jeremiah is a hard book and there's a lot of great verses that you can cherry pick out of Jeremiah to uh, look at. And yet there's an overall study in Jeremiah of the number of years that Jeremiah did his best to do what the Lord wanted. And and he was a total failure. There's no other way to look at it. He did not record one convert that we know of. He had a scribe. I guess we, he paid him to write for him. But um, maybe he had one, maybe two. But there was no congregation that followed him. There was no major conversion that uh, embraced what Jeremiah was saying and doing. And Jeremiah was uh, trying to say and do what the Lord, and, and he got very passionate with the Lord, and he got very intense with the Lord, and he was very real with the Lord, and I think that's where we are today. I, I think, um, you know, maybe uh, 50 years ago, you could you know, pat a cake for Jesus and, uh, and that was enough to get by. But now, because the intensity of the pressure, the intensity of the hour, the, the intensity of the attacks by the enemy and the spirits and the anger and the frustration and, and the COVID and you name it, you name it, you name it, that now it requires this very intense uh, sort of connection with Almighty God. And I, I, I realize that, you know, uh, sometimes people are uncomfortable with that. It, you know, it's like, uh, I, I'm not comfortable with being, with weeping. I'm not comfortable with crying. I'm not comfortable with shouting. I'm not comfortable with saying, oh Lord, what's going on? And kind of pounding my fist for a moment. Now, as I said, you've got to be ready to hear when God says, okay, I'll tell you what's going on. You better repent, buddy. And you've got to be willing to hear it just as passionate as that. And yet there were individuals in the Bible that reached that point of being that real, honest, transparent, whatever you want to say, because of their relationship with Almighty God. And, and, I, and I say that to all of us knowing that uh, this is not unknown to the world. It's not unknown to society. It's not unknown to people in general. I, I mean, uh, uh, it's football season is about to approach. Uh, what, what do they want to do? They want to huddle. They want to get them going. They want to get them fired up. Why? Because they know they will play with more intensity. They will play with more passion. Right? And so, you know, they, they put headlines in the paper where the other coach said, well, these are a bunch of wimps. Huh? Just so that this team comes out, you know, and, you know, they're ready to bite the ceiling, whatever. And yet, 
when it comes to God, when it comes to our connection with God, you know, we would say, oh, well, one of those things that I am passionate about, I, I hope the Lord becomes number one. Because what did he say? I want you to love me with all your And those of you who are married know that probably um, there's no one that's any closer to you than your spouse, and yet there's no one that can make you any more angry or more frustrated. Or For those of you who are not married yet, believe it or not, that's kind of how you will feel after a little bit. And I am not... I'm not, you know, I, I, I'm not saying advocating you should get angry and throw things at her or cuss them or any of that. But at the same time, it would be horrible if my whole relationship with my spouse was passionless. If I walked in and said, hi, how are you? Good to see you. Shook her hand. Huh? How long do I, you know, I, just nothing? You don't feel anything. And so, you know, I wonder sometimes if God looks at us and goes, I, I haven't seen anything from you. You're just there. Oh, Lord, I don't want that to be. I, I want to be able to feel the presence of God. My hands go up and I, I cry and I pray and I worship. And I, I, I respond to the presence of God. And and of course, Jeremiah, I, I mentioned that this next slide was about the potter's house. And, it, and it's, a, it's, it's almost a, an illustrated sermon that is horrible because he watched the potter make uh, pots and throw them and, and change them. And if they had a blemish and he watched them do all of that. And, and, and because the whole point of all of the, the whole point of a potter was to make a pot and the whole point of the pot was not to sit on a shelf and look pretty. We have, you know, now pots that sit on the shelf and you look pretty and, or, you know, a statue or whatever, and they're not useful at all. But in this day and age, they didn't make a pot that just was to sit on a shelf somewhere. It had to be used and it had to be useful. And if it wasn't going to be useful, and if this pot wasn't going to be useful, it was going to have a blemish and it was going to break or it was going to... Then it was the, the potter's job to destroy it and start over. And he says, let me tell you, and he goes down in the eighth verse, if that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, if I, if they will turn, if they will repent, if they will stop, if they will turn, guess what the Lord said he would do? He said, I'm ready to repent. I'm ready to turn. Now you say, well, can God repent? He said, I, if, you, if you will stop doing what you're doing, I will turn and help you. And what's horrible is in the 12th verse, you know what their response was? no hope. We will walk after our own devices. We will everyone do the imagination of his evil heart. And, and it's like you, you, frustrating when you 
You see people struggling emotionally, spiritually, struggling to make it, and you tell them, let me tell you how you can get relief. Let me tell you what you can do to... Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed to the hungry calleth now. Get up, respond. Get up, come eat. Come into the house of the Lord. Connect, get full. Leave with a little strength. Well, I just don't know. I can't make you. He has a table spread, whether it's Sunday or Sunday night or Wednesday or, you know, we have a, a whole Bible full of his words and spread. And, huh? Now there's music. Now there's sermons. Now we have more access to word and preaching and HG radio. And, huh? And some of y'all are too young to remember. I, I remember when, oh my Lord, there were these little white things that you could play at home and hear a message from camp meeting. Huh? And it sparked, you know, we're, we'll duplicate them and sell them and we can make a dollar and everybody. Y'all remember those? Oh, wow. Look at what we can do. We can hear a sermon and not actually have to be at camp meeting. Guess what? Now you can just, you know, channel surf. Go to how many different stations and preachers and YouTube? In fact, my daughter, I, I told her, I said, I got very good reports about your sermon. I was in an airplane. I couldn't hear it. She goes, it's on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> or Facebook. I said, well, you know I don't do Facebook. So, oh, it's on there. Just search for it. Oh, huh? What, what, I'm, what am I saying? We have a table spread. Yes. Right. And if I don't take advantage of it, who is it on? That's right. <laughs> you know, I, I can log on and see 150 million channels and then get them on demand. Whether it's Hulu, Yelp, Hoppa Hoppa, <laughs> Netflix, Prime, Subprime, Below Prime. Huh? And I am enticed to somehow. And I, 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 it's just us, and sorry. But you know what makes. A movie, a good movie, it hooks you emotionally. Same thing that made a book a good book. Started reading. Oh, my. Wow. Okay, I want to see what happens to the Hardy Boys. Are they going to solve the mystery? 
Are they going to catch the bad guys? I wonder what that is that's in the castle that's scaring them all. Huh? I'm hooked. And some of you I know are too young to do this, but those were the days that you would go, oh, I got to find out if they make it. Huh? Read the last five pages. Huh? I know y'all never did that sort of thing. But the point is, it hooks you. Let me tell you something. The Lord is trying to hook us in this hour. I want you emotionally connected. I want, I, I, I don't care if you come to church frustrated, if you come to church angry, if you come to church down and out, you get in there and say, Lord, I need you to come and move and I need you to touch me. I, need, I don't want to just allow myself to sit there and say, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. Oh, it, it's going to be all right. And Jeremiah was feeling that. And in fact, the 20th chapter, he goes on and actually uh, the high priest runs into, he runs into a buzzsaw with the, the high priest because you remember I read to you out of the 12th chapter where and some of the other chapters where he said, my house shall be called a house of prayer by my name and all those things. And so Jeremiah is, is frustrated and he's uh, preaching and he's preaching hard and, and so the son of Emmer, the high priest, comes out. He was the governor of the house of the Lord. He heard what Jeremiah had said. And so he hits Jeremiah. Now my, most of us have never been hit for the gospel. There are those that have, but he literally punches him. You think that was emotional? Yeah. A little bit. And then he drags him down and puts him in stocks. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like, you know, your hands or your feet or both. Maybe your neck. Leaves him there overnight. And when Jeremiah came out, <laughs> Jeremiah said, you're not Pasher, you're Magorma Saba. Sabib. Sabib which means danger everywhere. You know why he calls him that? Because what Jeremiah was saying was you have, they were making fun of the fact that he was saying there's danger everywhere because he was prophesying these things were going to happen. And so they have, they have, in that moment, you know, they've said all of this. You, you go on and read and, and um, he, Jeremiah gets a scroll of a book says, write on it all the words, chapter 36, that I've spoken against Judah and Israel and all the nations from Josiah, from the days of Josiah, even in this day, that it may be the house of Judah will hear. It may be that they will hear all the evil which I purpose to do them, that what they may return every man from his evil way, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. In other words, what are you saying? When you, when we are what we are feeling now is just a foretaste of what is to come and what the Lord is trying to do is to convict somebody that they will realize if I will turn and repent this is the last hour this is the last moment before the Lord comes I'm telling you though forgiveness will flow it's not too late if you will say Lord forgive me wash me cleanse me in fact, 11 times 
I, I, I looked up this word. It's called Saham. It's interpreted in Jeremiah as rising early. It says, Jeremiah, the Lord would say, I am rising early to help you. Eleven times in this book of all the stuff that the Lord was going to do, the Lord kept saying, I am Saham, I am rising early to help you. In other words, the Lord is doing everything he can in this hour to save as anybody that wants to come, to set anybody that wants to repent, anybody that wants to connect, any, you say, it doesn't feel like it. My feet are in stocks. The priests are mad at me. This is what's going on. And David, you know, Jeremiah had these David Psalms. I don't know if he remembered this because David prayed in Psalms 108 beautiful song that he sang oh God my heart is fixed I will sing and give praise even with my glory in other words I'm going to get passionate I'm going to sing I'm going to worship I'm going to do that awake psaltery in heart I myself will awake early I will praise thee I will sing praises unto thee for thy mercy is above the heavens what are you saying when you get up in the morning even though you may feel like you've been over, you're overwhelmed and you don't know what things are doing, start the day off by saying, Lord, I know you got up early today to tell me you're able to help me. I want to say my first thing before I start the day, God, you are good. I love you. I'm going to sing a song of praise. When you're in the midst of whatever you're going through and you're feeling the pressure, the first thing to do is start off the day every morning singing and praising and magnifying and glorifying God. You say, well, I don't feel like it. That's exactly why you need to. Well, I, I, I get up and I check my Facebook and I watch Fox News and then I watch CNBC and then I have a cup of Joe and then I have a, I, I do this and I, and I do that and I, then I wonder by the end of the day why I have no strength because the Bible says the joy when you read Jeremiah's prophesying about what all the destruction's coming and uh, one of the priests uh, yells at him and says hey uh, just about five miles north of here I own a piece of property and it's uh, being overrun now by the Babylonians. You know, it's kind of like the war in Russia and Ukraine, and they were taking territory as they went. And, and the priest said, why don't you want to buy it? I'll sell it to you. Because Jeremiah was saying, yep, we're going into captivity, but we're coming back. We're coming back. We're coming back. And the priest said, well, you want to buy it? And you know what Jeremiah said? The Lord told him, said, yeah, go buy it. You know why? By faith. I can't use it now. I can't go see it now. But by faith, I'm claiming it. And Jeremiah writes out the deed, buries it in the property by faith. And sure enough, it wasn't long, and Nebuchadnezzar came, conquered the land. They put Jeremiah in chains, and they started leading him off back to Babylon. 
And somebody said, that was the prophet that was prophesying that you were going to come. And Jeremiah, Nebuchadnezzar says, let him go. We're going to put him on a special cart and we're going to bring him into Babylon as a, a wonderful prophet because he was prophesying truth. Or with all the sick and the people that can't make it and don't have any hope and they're not able to make the journey and the city's been destroyed, Jeremiah, you can stay here or you can go live in splendor in Babylon. Guess what Jeremiah chose to do? I'm going to stay right here and I'll keep believing. I'm going to keep, why? It's not the relief I need as long as I have the presence of the Lord. He wrote the book of Lamentations, three chapters. And let me show you how he ends it, and I'm through. He said he's crying, he's lamenting, he's emotional. He says, and I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. I am empty when I think about my afflictions and my misery. I'm going to tell you something. If you dwell on all the stuff that's wrong, it will sap your strength and your energy. Your hope, your emotion, huh? Oh, let me tell you, I can find enough bad to think about. And I don't have to listen to too many newscasts before. Well, this recession, the interest, the gas, the food. Huh? I was in Australia and they were talking about it. On there, when I had Wi-Fi, I wanted to go buy 50 pounds of flour because they say Ukraine supplies whatever. Two-thirds of the world's flour. Thought, I'll come back with a suitcase load of flour. I don't know what I'd do with it all. Get weevils. If you allow yourself to dwell on that, it saps your strength, your energy. Listen to how he closes this. My soul hath them still in remembrance. All of this stuff that's going on, God has allowed it to do one thing, and that's to humble me. For me to go, Lord, I can't buy enough flour. I can't fill up with enough gas. I can't. I need you today. I need to get up early and say, Lord, I need you again today. Huh? Here's what he says. When I get humbled and I start turning to God, this I recall to my mind. I start girding up the loins of my mind. I say, wait a minute, what are you thinking about? You can't be thinking about all the stuff that's coming. You can't be thinking about how bad it could be, what's going to happen. Oh, he says, I 
of hope that it is of the Lord's mercies. It's only because of the goodness of God that we are not all consumed with anger, with fear, with frustration. Huh? We have a world that is eaten alive. And it is because of the mercies of God that we are not consumed. Let me, let me read it. Because his compassions fail not. They are new every Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion. Oh, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good that man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation. How are you going to survive this? I'm going to keep refocusing my mind. I'm going to keep saying, you know what? Your mercy is good every morning. Let's just stand. Hallelujah. Oh, we're just come one more time. Say, Lord, I want you to corral my thoughts. I want you to get a hold of my mind, my heart. Oh, hallelujah.